10 years from now, a very large percentage of companies that exist today aren't going to be around anymore. And I believe analytics will be one of the key reasons why some of them are winners and some of them are not. So there's no better time than today to, to start on the journey. The democratization of analytics. That's Alan Jacobson, the chief data and analytics officer of Alteryx. Alteryx is a company that is helping individuals go on their analytic journey, become more capable of performing analytics on data to get answers and drive their businesses forward, and really helping companies digitally transform, become, become more analytic as a company. And you are the chief data and analytics officer at Alteryx. So tell us about that role. I have really three roles at Alteryx. The, the first role is the role that's probably most common of most uh, chief data and analytic officers, which is helping the company use data and analytics to make better business decisions, to help our customers achieve better success. And that's probably the most normative role of a, of a leader of a data and analytics function. The second role, um, our product has data science in the product. So at times our team is helping uh, create uh, algorithms that go into the product itself. And the third role is helping customers go on this analytic journey. How, you know, so many companies are trying to uh, be, become stronger at using analytics to get outcomes. And in the third role, it's helping customers go on that journey. So you're working with many different organizations, many customers, and I'm sure you see a lot of patterns of how different types of companies implement analytics and work with data? The general theme, 99% of companies out there are investing time and effort and resource on becoming more analytically capable. So you know, the desire to, to learn how to use analytics better than they are today is pretty uniform across all companies. The problems that are being solved are obviously quite diverse. So whether you're a government agency battling a pandemic or whether um, you are a private company uh, working in oil and gas or in the automotive industry or a bank. Um, all of these different organizations you know, have analytic challenges that are different. But I would actually tell you that even there, um, the, the typical pattern with analytics is they typically follow domain lines. So an HR analyst, whether you're working at a manufacturer or a bank, have very similar questions. You know, what's driving attrition? How do we find better candidates to hire? Uh, how are we doing with people development? Why is it just so hard for many organizations to adopt uh, the data mindset and to adopt analytics and use analytics really well and effectively? We all know change is hard. And so if you're an accountant that's been doing accounting the same way for a decade and you're highly successful and you're doing well at it, why do you need to like learn a new skill? And even if you recognize you probably should do it, it's still hard, not because analytics are hard. Analytics are actually not that hard, um, but the transformation piece is, is quite hard. And so at an individual level, this is difficult. And then you take that to a department or an entire enterprise and it just gets harder and harder. And so there've been studies on uh, transformation in business um, many transformation efforts fail and digital transformation doesn't have a higher failure rate. 
it has the same same failure rate as all transformation. And, and I think it just comes down to change. But you'll also need to use the principles of change management to help people go on the journey. And that's that's probably equally, if not more important um, at the end of the day. So the common issue then is the process change, the rethinking how we go about performing the activities of a particular department. It's not usually the technology itself. I would actually say it's even one, one even simpler than that. It's, it's not simply rethinking the processes. It's having an individual be willing to kind of invest in themselves and learn new things. And in today's world, it's, it's, it's changing dramatically. Look, if you, were a, if you were a marketer 30 years ago, you didn't need to know anything about the internet to be a world-class marketer because there was no internet 30 years ago. But today, you'd be pretty hard-pressed to, to be a marketer without knowing a thing or two about the internet. And so in a time span of 30 years, we went from you didn't need to really know anything about it to if you don't know something about it, you don't even have a job. Well, I believe the same thing is happening when it comes to the world of analytics and automation. And it used to be you didn't need to know anything about these things. You could simply be in a, in a spreadsheet doing sums and averages, and that was good enough. And while we might not be in a world today where the answer is if you can't go beyond the spreadsheet, you're unemployed. We're not there yet. Certainly, you can be gainfully employed without these skills. I do think the day is coming. If you've been in the, in the working world for maybe a decade and you're really good at what you do, you probably still have to keep learning these skills and learning tools you know, like Alteryx to be able to continue to go on that journey. And so that's, that's hard. And I think you know, career professionals that maybe are retiring today didn't have to reinvent themselves and learn new skills at anywhere near the pace that people entering, entering the job force today are needing to learn them. And I think that's, that's obviously quite difficult. And I think employers have to figure out ways to help people go on, on this journey. The role of data has become absolutely essential for many, if not all, organizations. So the real question is, how do we address this situation where analytics is so important and yet there's something that's holding us back. How do we broaden the use of analytics and make it easier? If you're a business leader, what should you be doing? First, I think it's important to know where you are on the journey. Um, we just launched a, a free assessment tool on our website where uh, business leaders can come and they can answer some quick, easy questions, and kind of get a sense of where are they versus others in their industry or, or kind of overall uh, in general and, and understand kind of where their gaps are. Um, so I do think it, it is important to have a sense of, of where you are. That said, I think most leaders know that they, they need to get better as an organization in the world of analytics, that it's, it's a, a, moving, a moving target, that their competition uh, is going to be using data and analytics effectively against them, and, and that fundamentally having these skills is really important. I spend a fair amount of my time meeting with C-suite executives at, at various companies and and showing them how, how leaders in, in kind of the world are using analytics to drive their businesses forward. Um, so, so I think, you know, leaders can't simply, you know, from, from the hilltop, ask everybody to, to learn 
how to, how to use analytics, they, they too need to go on the journey and learn about it as well. Can you give us an example or two of organizations that are using data, uh, different functions, for example? It doesn't have to be a specific company necessarily, but give us some um, insight into how data, it can be really effective working with the right kind of analytics. Our customers are highly varied. We have um, many examples in the current pandemic where government agencies have used Alteryx and some of the statistics you probably see on websites may have been run using Alteryx to try to understand where are we on the journey of fighting this pandemic to um, when natural disasters occur, a hurricane hits a Caribbean island, how do you do damage assessments using analytics versus having to send in an engineer to evaluate each structure. Imagine you have over 100,000 structures that have been damaged. To do that quickly and efficiently, doing it analytically is a game changer. And so when I'll use Irma and Maria hit the Caribbean islands, that did have over 100,000 structures damaged. And FEMA using these analytic assessments was able to really get people on the road to recovery years faster than what the old process would have been by, you know, sending humans to every single structure. In the private sector, we see you know, older businesses uh, that have been around for a long time, like a Stanley Black & Decker, uh, who've been able to use analytics to really accelerate their business and move at a much faster pace. Uh, big four consulting companies with over 100,000 users of Alteryx, uh, really automating huge amounts of their business, gaining massive productivity. When you talk about large organizations with over 100,000 users of Alteryx, that means that the analytics capability is spread very widely through the organization. So is that the goal? Really, it's something every knowledge worker should be able to do. And, and really, this isn't new. If you rewound the clock, we'll go back over, over 100 years ago and you're, you're in London. And I'll, I'll use another pandemic example. It's the cholera outbreak. And a gentleman named John Snow went to go see if he could help end this pandemic. And with some data and some analytics, looking geospatially at where people were contracting uh, the disease, he quickly figured out that it was a pump, the Broad Street pump, a well pump, where it seemed the pattern was suggesting where this disease came from. And so he went to the, effectively the town council and said, we should remove the handle from the pump. And he did, and it, it ended the outbreak. And I would say in that example, was he a data scientist? No, he wasn't a statistician or a mathematician. What was John Snow? He was a doctor. He knew a little bit about data and analytics. And combining those two things, large amount of domain knowledge, maybe a smaller amount of analytics knowledge, but combining those two things, he changed his town. So what we see is the pattern is the same pattern today. You take an accountant, a marketing professional, an HR professional, you provide them a world-class, easy-to-use tool where they can drag and drop and quickly get answers to questions using data and analytics. They learn a little bit about the math, they bring their domain knowledge, and they can change 
their world, they can change the business that they're in, they can make huge impacts. And that's really what this is all about. I think when we're talking about business transformation, the idea of metrics and measurements and KPIs make it easier for people to know where they are. So when it comes to data and analytics, what kinds of measurements or metrics do you recommend for evaluating success and evaluating progress? At the end of the day, ROI is many times what business uh, stakeholders want to see to feel comfortable. But what I can tell you is eventually it needs to move away from that. And the reason it needs to move away from that is quite simple. If your business doesn't understand really the importance of analytics and automation in the business, you're probably going to have a more fundamental issue. What we see with most companies is early on, they measure ROI, they, they get tremendous ROI, they recognize the importance and that it does deliver ROI. And then they focus more on the input metrics. What percentage of our workforce is enabled and able to do this stuff? If I only have a small percentage of my workforce that can do anything beyond a spreadsheet technology from 30 years ago, it's probably a pretty good indication that I'm not going to be a leader in analytics. And that's probably not going to be great for kind of the outcome of my company. The International Institute of Analytics has assessed many, many companies on how analytically mature they are. And they've seen very direct correlation between the more analytically mature an organization is to the outcomes of the company, whether that's shareholder value creation, revenue growth, profit, all of these things correlate. So really in this analytics journey, the first set of metrics are going to be around how is the organization maturing or another way of saying it is how are we adopting analytics and the use of data across the company? That's right. So frequently organizations start, start there from an input metric and then the output metric is value creation. And so by having, having many people using analytics, you would expect as an outcome of that, and the data has shown this This is what happens, is that value is created, whether that's cost savings, bottom line, top line, revenue growth, um, one way or the other, value is created. When you talk about creating value, at this point, you've really shift into operations. Mm-hmm. So can you elaborate a little more on the metrics associated with the active use, with the operational aspects of maturity and using analytics across the organization? It really depends on what area of the organization you're in, what the measurement is going to be um, of of the value that you're creating. So you're a tax person and, and you're doing, let's say, VAT tax recovery. And maybe it's a somewhat manual process and you're manually taking kind of receipts and and you're filing it to to get your VAT tax recovery back for your company. So if you're like most companies that do that, once the VAT amount is below a certain amount, you probably don't even bother because the cost to do the recovery is higher than what you're going to recover because it's a manual process. And so imagine that that tax person learns how to automate a process like that And they now have automated the VAT tax recovery process. So now they're going to do 100% recovery because there's no VAT too small to to go recover the the tax. And so in a large multinational company, you can imagine that could be millions of dollars that that automation will unlock for you that you weren't getting before because it was a manual process 
you were leaving that money on the table. Just using the power of automation, that one tax person automating that one process may have unlocked millions of dollars of savings. And that's what we see happening again and again, area after area, whether it's in accounting or audit or finance, or whether it's in HR or marketing or, or a product team, um, people unlocking things that were manual, things that weren't using the power of analytics uh, to find dollars on the table. So at the end of the day, the value is connected to the business problem you're trying to solve or driving efficiency across a function. It's going to depend based on the situation, as you just described. That's right. And it's really these domain experts that know where the gold is buried in a sense. You know, I, I as a data scientist, didn't necessarily know that you could save millions of dollars on that recovery. But a tax person who does this every day kind of sees it. And so what we find is when you teach people how to do this kind of stuff, it really unlocks a, a new world of opportunity for them and they start finding money everywhere. Ellen, where does governance fit into this picture? Just putting a box of tools in the corner and saying, hey, grab one, good luck to you, is probably not the best recipe for transformation and success. We find with you know, companies helping them with best practices and governance is part of, of how you help them go on this journey. And obviously, we've had a lot of experience with over, uh, with about half of the Global 2000 uh, using Alteryx. But at the end of the day, um, these practices are really simple to implement. They're not hard uh, to bring people together and have them help create the right process. So you've been describing governance. But another component of all of this is talent. What kind of team should we have in place in order to be effective with data and analytics? Certainly having a conductor at your company, right? Someone who's going to lead the organization on this, on this really change management journey is really important. Um, the modern data science team, this is part of what a modern data science team typically does, is it's not simply about the data science team building solutions, but helping the organization go on this journey. So how should companies go about training and upskilling their employees to make this transformation easier? There are two other steps that are, I would say, equally, if not more important. So if you if you want to transform, you usually start by having to get people aware and excited. You need to get people aware and excited that there might be a new way of doing the thing that they were doing before. Then comes training, which is what you refer to. And again, I think most organizations are like most organizations realize you have to have different kinds of training. But then the third step is sustaining. And we've all done this. We've gone to the training class and then we leave the training class and we don't put it into practice. We, we don't have that reinforcement helping us uh, continue on. And so one of the things we have found is in the, in the first one, getting people aware and excited. And in the last one, sustaining. What are the programs that you're putting in, in place to kind of keep it going? Building a community of practice. Do you have coffee hours where people can come and get some help and support as they go on the journey? What are all the things that you're going to do to sustain and support it? Those become equally, if not more important than just the training. You're really talking about creating a culture of data and analytics, awareness and comfort so that people put it into practice on an ongoing basis. 
That's right. I use the example of a consulting company with over 100,000 people using Alteryx on a day in and day out basis. Now, if you think about it, if each one of them just automated one process a month, they'll have automated over a million processes in their business by the end of the year. You can't do that with a team of 20 hotshot data scientists sitting in the corner. Like they're not going to, they're not going to be able to automate a million uh, processes in the business. And so it really is about how do you weave this into the fabric of a very large percentage of your knowledge workers, if not all of your knowledge workers. So sure, you have your data scientists doing the specific unique things that they can do, but really the goal is to spread this data awareness and capability broadly through the company. That's right. And, and even the data scientists actually get great benefit from this. You'll find that many data scientists will say, I'm bogged down with data janitorial services. And they asked me to make these really simple bar charts. Can you build me some blue bars and some red circles and some green diamonds on it? And they come to a data scientist for that help, which is kind of crazy if you think about it. Like that's not why you hired a PhD data scientist at your company to build that bar chart. And so at the end of the day, when done right, this frees up the data scientists to work on the higher value stuff. Any quick tips or advice for making this initial period of time just as simple and as easy and as effective for the organization as it can be? One of the things we love doing is, is introducing uh, companies that are just starting on the journey to companies that maybe are a few chapters ahead. And so we'll frequently pair up leaders uh, from different businesses and different industries so that they can learn from each other. And if you haven't started on the journey and started to accelerate it pretty quickly, um, there's a pretty large existential threat. You know, 10 years from now, a very large percentage of companies that exist today aren't going to be around anymore. And I believe analytics will be one of the key reasons why some of them are winners and some of them are not. And so there's no better time than today to, to start on the journey. Alan, and what can chief data officers and chief analytics officers do to support the organization as a company traverses this journey? Chief data officers, CDAOs have, have a really large responsibility for helping their organizations go on this journey. It's a relatively new profession. So the first titles were chief data officers. The next titles, chief analytic officers, sometimes combined chief data and analytic officers. Today, some companies are starting to have chief transformation officers. The job's the same job. It's, it's really the same stuff. We're seeing companies have tremendous impact, really transforming their business with analytics. And the CDAO is really sitting in kind of the, the driver's seat of this and is responsible for helping to drive it. It's digital transformation. That means helping the organization change and evolve. Absolutely right. Alan, as we finish up, do you want to give us the quick sales pitch on Alteryx? I believe Alteryx is a world-class tool for helping people go on that journey. Whether you're in middle school like my kids, uh, learning how to use Alteryx and becoming Alteryx certified, or you're a knowledge worker uh, in accounting or HR or marketing or, or some knowledge, knowledge field, um, it's incredibly easy to do. I urge you to just give it a try. We've got you know, free trials that people can try it out with uh, no risk. 
Uh, we'd love to sit down and meet with people and show them how to go on this journey. But I, I, I've seen over the course of my experience with Alteryx that this can be incredibly impactful, not only to the companies that adopt it, but really to the individuals. It can change their career trajectories because this is becoming such a critical skill that so many companies need are people that can use analytics to drive their businesses forward. Alan Jacobson, Chief Data and Analytics Officer of Alteryx. Thank you very much for taking the time to talk with us. Michael, thank you so much for having me.